Did you know that studies have shown affirmations can profoundly influence your psychological well-being, enhancing self-confidence and reducing anxiety? Here at Positive Birth Australia, we have crafted a 20-minute birth affirmations track filled with soulful, carefully curated affirmations to empower, inspire, and guide you to deeply remember the power you hold within. And to my fellow belly birth mothers, we have created a track specifically for you to honor that all birth is a sacred moment of profound significance. For only $5, you can download and immerse yourself in our affirmations track to transform your mindset in the lead up to birth and during labor, serving as a potent reminder of the inherent power and love you possess. Visit us at www.positivebirthaustralia.com or head to the show notes and follow the link provided to start your journey toward a more empowered birth experience. Welcome to Positive Birth Australia, a podcast created to empower and educate mothers along their own pregnancy journey. Each week, I'll be sharing insightful and inspiring birth stories and advice in the hopes to help you create your own positive birth experience. I'm your host, Sky Marie. Let's get into today's show. Welcome back, everyone. On today's show, we hear the incredible journey of twin mother, Jadeja. While on their way to the hospital, Jadeja quickly realized they weren't going to make it in time after her surges rapidly picked up. It would be only moments later that her husband was catching their son with one hand. Although not the birthing place she had imagined, she felt an immense amount of pride in herself after the experience, wishing to announce what had just unfolded to the unknowing passers-by. They hastily made their way to the hospital where their healthy baby girl was born shortly after. Judasia shares the inner monologue she had throughout her experience and the insights she unveiled when comparing her two births. Enjoy the show. Judasia, welcome to Positive Birth Australia. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. Could you just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Um, so we live in country Victoria and I have like there's me, my partner, we've got a two-year-old little boy and then we've got eight-month-old twins, Finn and Indy. Beautiful. And where are your pregnancies planned? Um, so our first wasn't. Um, the twins was, except obviously we didn't plan on having twins. So Yeah. Always the way. So we're focusing on the twins' birth story today, but do you want to just quickly take us through your son's birth? How was that experience for you? Um, yeah, so we lived up in Darwin at the time, and um, like it was pretty textbook. We went in, I think, 39 weeks and four days and um, just went into the hospital, and he was born uh, after about two and a half hours of active labor. So oh, wow. it was pretty quick. There wasn't really much to talk about. It was just, yeah just a nice it was a nice experience and we were kind of in and out and yeah yeah nice so with the twins at what stage did you find out that you were having two babies because I know from experience that that can be quite shocking news to receive do you want to take us through that moment yeah so we like we were trying and I felt like really off and it was the first month of trying too so I was kind of like okay well it's not going to happen this quick and I felt really sick and I so then like I took a test and it was 
positive. And then I kind of had this thought because, like, I hadn't had, like, a regular cycle since having my first baby. So I had no idea. And I was like, maybe I'm a lot further along than I think I am. And I was, like, immediately sick and exhausted. I was sleeping all day. And um, I kind of, like, we went to the doctors, booked in for that scan, and, like, I was sort of like, don't come with me. And my partner was like, oh, no, I'll come. Like, it's exciting, you know, blah, blah, blah. So he came in there with me, and he kind of turned to me and just said, I think that's true. And, like, it was just two sacks. So, like, our sonographer, she was a family friend, and, she like, she said to us, look, I don't want to say there is two, but she said, like, it looks like there could be, it's too early to tell and come back in a couple of weeks. So we were, we would have only been, I think it was for maybe five weeks and one day, or it was along those lines for that first scan. And then we went back for seven weeks and five days and there was two babies. So, so you had to wait a whole week before you had proper confirmation that there were twins. What was that like? Well, I think it probably helped a little bit because we'd never expected to ever have twins. So it put that idea into our head that it could be. So instead of being absolutely, completely shocked when we found out there was two, we were a lot more calm and like, oh, yeah, like, because we kind of knew it was a possibility of there being two. So we were like, oh, okay, (laughs) all right, well, let's see what happens at our next scan. Like, And I think we probably... We probably like would have been a little bit disappointed, obviously, if we'd have gone back in and there was only one. But we, yeah, we were pretty lucky that we went and had that first scan and had that little bit of time to sort of process it before we had to say anything to anyone else. Yeah, so good because it is such a shock, isn't it? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like I cried. My partner was like, "Oh yeah. wow, this is awesome," and I was like, <laughs> oh, "Okay." Yeah. <laughs> Can yeah, relate. Yeah, I was so nervous. I was yeah. And how is your pregnancy with them? Yeah, so I felt pretty good. Like I think um, it's hard when you've got a toddler because you don't get that sleep or that relax that you kind of wish you could get during the day. But um, I was I had a real like felt really okay up until about probably thirty two weeks, and then I was just exhausted. I was swollen. I couldn't do anything. Like I wanted to get out of bed, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, it's such a marathon just to roll over in the middle of the night." Yes. Um, but yeah, like I had a really good pregnancy. There was no issues. We didn't have anything to worry about up until about thirty-two weeks. So then I had a lot of blood pressure issues and just constantly was being monitored for them. Um, but besides that, like I felt okay, and I didn't feel like I was struggling too much I just knew that it was very hard to get up and down for a long time there oh yes I remember that yeah (laughs) and what model of care did you end up choosing so I um like I was just seeing the obstetrician I think every four weeks so and then I had a student midwife so she was really good and she was really she was definitely the person that I went to with a lot of things just because like in the public system obviously you see different people each time and I found that seeing different people made like kind of made it hard to make a plan because everybody had such a different opinion on how we should go ahead or what Mm. what we should do and that sort of thing so so yeah my student midwife was probably the most influential person in the whole pregnancy I think and had you looked into the birth side of things was the plan to go natural or were you happy to have the recommended interventions what was that plan 
I so my research was pretty much Facebook and yeah. um I was in this group on Facebook. I think it was like birthing multiples naturally. And I think like I was very I wasn't like I was nervous about having a C-section because I'd never had one before and I thought my first birth was really like it was really nice and I didn't feel out of control. I didn't feel like I couldn't do it again like and I really just wanted to give it a go. So, like, we never planned anything because, like, I guess every time I went in, a different doctor had said a different thing. And, like, speaking to my student midwife, she knew that I wanted to try naturally. Um, Like, we'd spoken about, like, the epidural and stuff, and she knew that I didn't want it. She knew that a lot of the doctors wanted me to have it. So it was very, like, we kind of just went with the no plan's a good plan and stuck with that, and we'll see what happens. Mm. Because for those that don't know, a lot of OBs will suggest a C-section or an early induction, usually before 38 weeks. Um, But if you do go into spontaneous labor, they'll still recommend that you have an epidural on arrival so that they can manage the birth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you were trying to avoid all of that. Well, I think I was – I just wanted to wait until I was there and things were happening and I knew how I felt because, Mm. like, it wasn't that I was completely opposed to these things that they were offering. It was more that – I wanted to have the opportunity to try without it and then decide, like, get to the point to say, okay, I need that or I think I need that. Um, So, yeah, I just kind of wanted to give it a go before I – I didn't want to walk in there and then give me the epidural straight away. Sorry to backtrack, but did you have any interventions with your son's birth? So I I went, like, into labour naturally and then they broke my waters. So I didn't – like, just I didn't know how long I'd been – like, because they did – I don't know what the test is, but they tested and it was amniotic fluid and then they're like, oh, do you know when this started happening? And I had no idea. So they said – they kind of just said, oh, yeah, we might break your waters and see what happens there. Yeah. And, yeah, so we just went from there. So you didn't know you were in labour? No, so I was in pain, but, like, even with the babies, like, I feel like it could have been a couple of days of, like, early labour, but it it's not it wasn't too intense and it didn't worry me. So when I got to the hospital with my first, um, I was about six centimetres and, like, kind of was just thinking maybe I was having tummy cramps. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. How good. So do you want to take us to the end of your pregnancy and that first sign of labour with the twins? Yeah, so, um, like, we do a Sunday night dinner at my parents' every week and we came home from that, everything was all good. Um, We normally sit down and just – I was getting in bed at, like, probably 7 o'clock at that stage, so we'd get home and I'd get straight into bed and just watch something on TV and – like, I guess at that stage of your pregnancy, you wake up a lot during the night, so you know that you're going to be up a few times. Sorry, how far along were you? I was 36 weeks, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, this was 36 on the dot, and I um I woke up in the middle of the night, like, to go pee and whatever, and then our toddler was in our bed, and, like, I kind of went back to sleep, just feeling a little bit off, but not enough to not go back to sleep. Um, And then probably woke up again at three, went back to bed. And then I woke up at four and like kind of went to the toilet again. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is ridiculous. This is the fourth time I've been up in the last two hours. But, um, and I woke up my toddler accidentally, like getting in and out of bed. So I was just carrying him around the house, trying to put him back to sleep. And then I kind of like felt 
like I was having a contraction. So this was probably about quarter past four. And I like put him on the bed just because I kind of needed to take a minute and work out what was going on. So he was sitting there just talking to me and my partner, he was still asleep. Um, so I woke up my partner and I was like, I think like I could be having contractions. Like I don't think it's the stage that we need to get up and go anywhere, but just letting you know. So he got up with our toddler for a little bit and I tried to just lay down. Um, and then I had another one about 10 minutes later and I kind of just thought like if Lenny, like our oldest, if he was so quick, if we're going to go to the hospital, we probably need to go. So my partner, he called his dad and his dad came and picked up our toddler and this was probably about 4.30 and then we got straight into the car and started driving. So they never really got awfully intense until I was in the car. So I think they were still about probably five to ten minutes apart. So I think I'd only, I'd only had two before we got in the car and then probably another one as we just got into the car. Um. So, yeah, we live... 45 minutes from the hospital so we drove out of our town and I was like oh yeah like I definitely I definitely need to focus on these um and I took like I think we were about five minutes between contractions at that stage and we drove for like I was just sitting backwards on the seat and like that was the only way I was comfortable so I sat that way the whole time and I think about 20 minutes in was when I was kind of like, because I, I, it kind of just hit me and I wasn't getting a break at all. So I went from five minutes to literally just a contraction that would last for two minutes. And I said to my partner, like, I'm not very vocal and I don't really kind of, like, I think with both my births, I didn't talk an awful lot. I just remember saying to him, like, we're not going to make it to the hospital. And so that's the first thing I've said to him. We're driving this whole way. And the first thing I've said to him is we're not going to make it to the hospital. And so he's like, oh, my gosh, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, <laughs> you could have you told me this earlier. But <laughs> so he'd been really he'd been really low for probably maybe three or four weeks. But it was just different. And I could feel I had to sit how I was sitting. I had to sit backwards on the seat. And I had to rock my hips. Like, I could not stay still and... Like I was, it was really uncomfortable. And then as soon as my contraction didn't end, I was like, I don't think we're going to make it because this is just not ending. Like I'm not having any break at all. Normally, like, you know, you get that little bit of a moment where you can take a breath and go, okay, like I know the next one's coming, but I never had that at this stage. Like it was just one constant contraction. And um, so we're driving into like this, we're driving into there's kind of two towns together and so you get into the first one and then you've still got about probably 20 minutes until you get to the hospital and um we were driving into this town and like I just remember thinking like oh my gosh how are we gonna do this um and so like at this stage I'd taken or I tried to take my pants off it was not going very well mm -hmm. because it was the coldest morning of the year and it was about I think negative through a negative three outside and it was so foggy you could not see like 10 meters in front of you um so yeah I'd taken my pants off and I was like freezing did not want to take my pants off so I'm like can you just turn the heater up and um then like I don't think I said another word to him until 
we got through this like this little town we got to the end of it and drove past a Macca's and I was like oh maybe we should stop and so we were on a causeway between the two towns this huge like road that like it was it was a terrible road to be on when I told him that he had to pull over right now like there's no shoulder it's so it's four lanes but you're stuck we were pretty much halfway on the road when you could not see anything and um so I said to him like I'd started pushing like involuntarily pushing and that's why I said like you need to pull over um and so I think I'd pushed once like that I felt that I was actually like trying to push and I was like okay we need to pull over right now and then on the next push my partner actually like caught the baby so there was no like there was no warning at all I didn't even feel like yeah so he was pulling over he was like with one hand on the steering wheel and the other hand caught the baby like he caught this poor little baby with one hand and like you know how you kind of know sometimes that the baby's gonna come out it was almost like I thought I still had a couple of pushes so I wasn't at all prepared to have the baby that like right then but yeah so then like our first little twin was born and he was screaming he had the cord around his neck a couple of times but like it wasn't tight or anything and my partner sort of unwrapped him gave him back to me and I was like oh my gosh like do you remember your inner dialogue in those first few moments yeah so I was a little bit nervous but I like I felt really good and I was really like I was really proud of us like in a weird way so I was like oh my gosh we totally just did that by ourselves and um like we he was so cute and he was so like he wasn't even that small he was about two and a half kilos but I told Tom I'm like oh my gosh like he's so little like I hope that he's actually like I hope that he's not too early and I hope that we are actually 36 weeks along because he seemed so small and he was like screaming and I tried to put him under my shirt but like it was it was there was so much going on and I ended up just kind of like wrapping him up a little bit in my pants and holding on to him And um, I think the first thing I really remember thinking was, oh, no, like, what if we have the other baby? I've never held twins before. I'm not going to be able to hold them both. I love that. I know. It's such a random thing to think of. But I was like, how am I going to hold them both if I've never held them before? Like, where does one go and where does its little head go? And I was so – that was my biggest fear (laughs) was having the other baby in the car and not being able to carry them both. But, yeah, like – um we I was I was absolutely stoked I was like oh my gosh and crying and like mm. it was funny because as all the emotions that you think you would feel in that situation like just being like absolutely shocked I kind of like I wasn't worried and I wasn't nervous I was just like oh my gosh look at this baby like mm. so excited and yeah so like I was, we drove to the hospital. I think we drove quite quickly. But um, honestly, if I didn't know I was having another baby, then I probably wouldn't have thought that I was having another baby. So we sat there for a minute and then like it was way too dangerous. There was cars coming and they were kind of pulling out into the other lane to get around us. And I just said like, this is not where we want to be involved in a car accident. Like we need to go. So we pulled out and started driving and... I just remember, like, looking at other people on the road just thinking, hey, look, we just had a baby, like, because <laughs> it was 5 o'clock in the morning. There wasn't many people around. So it had been 30 minutes, 
or 35 minutes from my first contraction to when he was born. So it's not like um, it was only 5.01 and there was, yeah, there was a few people going to work, but besides that, but I almost just wanted to like hold him up and be like, look everyone, I had a baby, like. <laughs> but yeah, so it took the 10 or so minutes to get to the hospital and I hadn't had another contraction in that time at all. So when we got to the hospital, my partner went in and he asked, like because we'd already called the labor ward and they knew we were coming so he just said oh hey we're here um and then they just came out with a bed and because they're doing renovations at this hospital so it's when you get there the ward is so far away from the um like the delivery suite I think it would have been like like you, you did not want to walk it I remember walking on the way out thinking oh my gosh I'm not going to make it up this like I'm not going to make it this far <laughs> But yeah, so they wheeled me like in a on a bed, and um, by the time we got up there, like I still hadn't had any contractions. So like, which I didn't know if that was normal or not. Like I guess I've never really I hadn't read that much into it, but I kind of expected it to all get going straight away. But um, so by the time we got into the labor ward, there was I think oh there was a heap of people in the room like. And, like, it was pretty full on. I kind of, I was, I don't know, it felt like nobody was really talking to me. And I was sitting there and I was like, oh, my gosh, I've just had this baby. And then they, like, wanted the baby. And I was like, no, I want this baby. (laughs) Like, get your own. (laughs) But, yeah, so then, like, they ended up, my partner ended up taking him. And they did a quick ultrasound just to see where she was sitting. But, yeah, so she was head down and pretty much ready to go. Um. So they gave me a minute and they just like kind of had said, well, they put, I guess they put a canyon in and stuff and just said, you know, we might need this, blah, blah, blah. And like at that stage, I think I was just in a little bit of shock. I didn't really care what was happening. Um, So they did an ultrasound. She was in a good spot. They just kind of said to me, you know, you can hang out and we'll see what happens. Um, They put a monitor on like just a belly one and then probably I think it was about five minutes later they like she went into a little bit of distress so they kind of said we're going to break your waters and we'll see like we'll see what happens from here um and yeah so then pretty much as soon as they broke my waters I was getting contractions like non-stop again they were not ending um and they checked and said I was about nine centimeters still so I hadn't like closed up an awful lot Um, and then, yeah, so she, I think it was maybe two or three pushes and she was born. Um, like it was, it was definitely not as nice as having him. Like, and it's funny because obviously he was born in such, such a weird circumstance, like Mm. such a surprising circumstance that you don't really expect to happen to you. So reflecting back, can you identify why you felt his birth was that little bit nicer? Well, I think, like, we – I wasn't overwhelmed and it was, you know, it was like this is happening now, I'm okay with it. Like, I actually really – felt. I felt really in control and I felt like I was allowed to move and, like, even though I don't think me and my partner really spoke until he was actually born, like, um, it was nice to kind of be there with him and have him there and – And, like, the hard thing about the hospital was, like, there was so many people there. It was so bright. Like, it was still 5 in the morning. I was barely awake. And, I mean, I had a baby, but I was still barely awake. Mm -hmm. And 
um, like my partner, it was such a small room and my partner was in and out and like I literally had to ask them to get him to come back in just before like our daughter was born and I just felt really like I'd asked if I could move around and stuff and they were sort of like, oh, no, like it's just easier. Like this all happened in five minutes. So it wasn't like it wasn't like I was being told no and like and I know like I understand the whole process and stuff but I sort of just felt a lot more in control with having him obviously because there was no one there to tell me what to do or tell me that I wasn't doing things right or like that I needed to sit a certain way and yeah like I mean it was still nice and it was still like I don't have any like I don't have any bad memories of it I just feel like it was such an amazing experience to have the first one that having her in the hospital like it was as beautiful as it still was it was just not like I guess what you'd expect Mm. and I think because everybody was a lot everyone was really rushed everyone was like kind of running around the place because I guess this thing doesn't happen that often like um so they were kind of like oh we're not like there was a lot of people there there was a lot of people that they'd called up and um like said you know or just wait outside so it's actually funny because after she was born like she was screaming and perfect and everything and we got to hold them for a really long time and like they came straight to us and the um pediatrician came in and he goes to me he's like oh do you know what the best type of a baby doctor is one that's not needed today and then he just left and I was like oh that was such a nice like he acknowledged that he wasn't needed there and he that's awesome decided to leave whereas I felt a lot of people kind of hung around for a lot because like you know just in case something had happened or something was going which I think I'm preparing for their birth I knew that a lot of people would be there but I guess because there was only me and Tom for the first twin it was kind of like oh it was a real shock when we got there and I remembered how many people were actually supposed to be in the room Mm. And what about birthing your placentas? Um, yes, yeah, so they like um they were fused together, so they just came out in one and yeah, it was fine. It wasn't um uncomfortable or anything. Like I guess when you look at it at the end and it's this huge thing and you're like, Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. like I think because they joined together I could not believe how big it was. Yeah, mind blowing. And yeah, so that was fine. And then I had like a um small postpartum bleed but like I think it was about a liter so and if you looked at the size of my placenta you would see probably why it was that much so um but yeah like besides that and then I had like a little blood pressure kind of skyrocket but that fixed with some medication and then was never an issue again so it was really nice like we got to hold them for a bit and then like they ended up having to go to special care so they weren't um, regulating their temperature very well and we'd had a few hours with them. We'd done skin to skin, like we'd kind of tried everything that we could have. So, yeah, they ended up going into special care for a little bit and I think my girl, she was in there for two days and my boy, like he was the one born in the car and he was in there for four days. So, yeah. So you've just free birthed your son in the car, then you've, you know, given birth to your daughter in the hospital shortly after arriving how were you feeling once you were able to sort of catch a moment and reflect? Like, I I am really proud of us. I think we yeah. did a really good job considering, like, my part. he's a very chilled person and, but 
like even asking him about it now, he tells me, yes, I was like, I was not as calm about this situation as you were. He's like, I wasn't going to tell you that I wasn't, I wasn't feeling okay about it, but I was a little bit worried. And I'm like, yeah, no, that's totally understandable. Like, I think when you're the girl that's having the baby, you can feel what's going on, all your hormones and stuff. Whereas the boys do, I think, feel a little bit useless and like, Mm -hmm kind of hanging over the side like I don't know what's going on do you feel okay is everything okay so um yeah so I think like I think we were really we felt pretty okay considering and even when people ask us about it we're sort of like well I guess you don't know until it happens and I think it was it was a really nice experience considering and like I guess it was intense and it was half an hour. So it was kind of like, we didn't have a choice anyway. We were going to have the baby at home or in the car. Mm. And um, like, it was really, it was really empowering just to know that we'd done it. And like, I guess I spent my whole pregnancy sort of being told that, not that I wouldn't be able to do this, but like just that, you know, oh, look, it's probably going to look a lot like this. And to, I think looking back on it, I wish that I'd done a lot more research into it as it was going along to know that it didn't have to look like that. Like, I don't know a lot of people who have got to experience things the way that they've wanted to when they found out they were having multiples just because you kind of, you're told from day dot that, you know, okay, you're probably not going to get much further than 38 weeks because, you know, these are the risks of that. And it's, nobody gets the chance to do their own research and sometimes you can find out that the things that the risks are a lot smaller than what they're saying and it is a lot of risk management sometimes and like I guess that once they kind of put in these guidelines that's what they go by and Mm. like whereas when you look into it yourself you see a lot of people who did get to have these really nice experiences and not sort of be pressured into the stuff that you've kind of told the whole time that you're probably going to have to do. Yeah, that is so true. And it's really difficult when you're having multiples because there really isn't a lot of support for a completely natural birth within the system. Um, and you're immediately considered a high-risk pregnancy, even if you're healthy. Yeah. So it makes it yeah. extremely difficult for mothers to be confident enough to seek out a different path for their births. Yeah. So I think it's really important to share these natural twin birth stories so that women know that it is actually possible. And how empowering for you as well to be like, well, I did it. And I free birthed my son in the car. Yep. <laughs> what was the exact time between your births? I think she was born 526. So right, okay. it was, yeah, 25 minutes between the two of them, but oh. it felt like about, it felt like about 10 minutes, I think. Really? So you've had really quick labors. Yeah. So it was crazy. Like I would have never expected it to be that quick, but so yeah, it was 30, 31 minutes for him and then another 20 minutes for her. Crazy. And your son was what, two hours, did you say? Yeah, yeah, two and a half. So so I knew it would be quick, but I did not, I expected maybe both babies after an hour. I did not expect yeah. um one baby after 30 minutes for yeah. sure. <laughs> so wild. So are you guys done with having babies now or? Yeah, I think so. I think I wanted I wanted two and we got our extra one and I could not imagine only having two kids now. Like I love the three of them, but I think I'm definitely done. Yeah. 
But um, I do I do worry that in five years or so I might want another one. But we'll just <laughs> how old are you? I'm 24. So oh yeah, so you've still got quite a few baby making years ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so hypothetically, if you were to go back for baby number four, is there anything that you would do differently looking back at your entire journey and everything you've learned from your experiences? Um, I I think it would depend. I think I'd probably stay. Home. I think, like, pro- I probably didn't get to go to the hospital that I would have liked to have gone to mm-hmm. if I was only having a low-risk pregnancy. So I think it really depends. Like, I've never even got to look around this other hospital. I know that up in Darwin we had, like, a beautiful birth centre and I would have loved to have gone there, but it was already, like, you had to book in whenever. And it was my first baby. I was 21. I had no idea about booking in the minute I found out I was pregnant. So, yeah. um. So, yeah, I'm not sure, like, if there was – I think there is a nice birth centre and, like, I would probably choose between a birth centre and staying home, like yeah. – I mean, purely just because you give birth so quickly, you know? Yeah, yeah. So that's another 30 minutes as well. So mm. we're kind of in the middle and there's 30 minutes each way. So I probably would just wake up and then be, by the time we thought about getting in the car, I'd just be like, okay, well, we're not going to make it, so let's just chill out yeah. here. <laughs> So looking back at your entire beautiful experience, what would be your key piece of advice for any expectant mothers out there? I think that you need to look, you need to do your own research. And I think that people who have like a supportive midwifery system, like I do think that they are really, really helpful. And I think that it's always your first kind of contact. You have your first antenatal appointment and then Like, make sure that you ask questions. There's a lot of amazing midwives at the hospital that I was at that actually, like, taught me a lot of things that I didn't know were options. And I think that, like, you really need to utilize them. Like, I think midwives, I think, like, other birth professionals, like, doulas, I didn't, like, I didn't have a doula. And I think that, like, it's probably something I would love to look into for the next time, (laughs) the next time that (laughs) might, might happen. But, um... But yeah, I think that there's a lot of there's a lot of support outside of mainstream hospitals that you can really utilize to help you as well. Like I mean, I said that I ha- was in a Facebook group and like I know that y- that's not medical information and that's not, but finding reading other people's stories and listening to how other people's kind of experiences went is really important as well because sometimes like the whole medical side of things is very different to how like the birth will go obviously like it was for us so um I was expecting I was expecting to get to the hospital and have like kind of an epidural straight away I was you know thinking that these things would have happened but like once obviously that's not what happened and it was nice to have a few stories that I'd read and listened to like your podcast I'd listened to a lot of your stories and I think that when I was in the car in that moment it was really nice to know that a lot of people have done this before and this is not like even though I felt like I was in a situation that didn't happen very often it's not it happens all the time people have babies all the time and to listen to the stories and have that in the back of your mind really gives you so much motivation like it's really it's amazing to know like oh yeah like I remember listening to this lady and she had her baby completely at home with no support or she had a baby because it just came so quick Mm. and I was like I had this in the back of my mind while it was happening knowing that like 
this is okay and we're all going to be okay. So, so powerful. And again, it shows the power of storytelling, being able to share your journey and inspire other women. Yeah. So amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your incredible journey with us. It's been so nice to be able to connect with another twin mama. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was so lovely to be on the show. That brings us to the end of today's episode. What a journey, huh? Obviously, it's really important to recognize that Jadeja has quick labors or precipitous labors. So the fact that her babies have come so quickly means there's clearly less time for interventions, which has worked in her favor when birthing within the system. But regardless of that element, I love how despite the fact she ended up birthing her son in the car on the side of a not so safe road, she felt no fear or worry. It was as if her instincts were able to completely take over her because there was no one else there to interfere or manage the situation. I think that is such a huge insight to take away from this journey today because those innate instincts to birth are within all of us if we can just block out the noise and allow our bodies to do what they are designed to do. I hope you all enjoyed today's show. Let me know what you think over on the PB Instagram and I'll see you all next week for another episode of Positive Birth Australia.